And welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and coming up on the show, we're going to talk about fathers. It was something that I alluded to a couple episodes ago, and I want to want to touch on that before we get too far removed. Now, I know typically Father's Day is in June, and that's the time we talk about fathers. However, or I guess we should say celebrate them, or fathers come into to focus, they're the attention during Father's Day, which is in June, but I thought it would be important to talk about fathers. Uh, so recently I watched the movie Home Team on Netflix. It's a, a story about Sean Payton. Sean Payton was the coach of the New Orleans Saints in the NFL, and one season he was suspended because of Bounty Gate. Basically, he was accused of and served a suspension for his involvement, allegedly, in uh, putting bounties on other teams' players. For example, he would assign someone to go out and hurt the other team, and if they did, they would get a bonus. Now, he did uh, deny any involvement in it, and you guys can go research it and check it out for yourself. But home team is about the year that Sean Payton spent away from the NFL. And during the uh, movie, we learned that he went home to or to where his son was, I guess, because he was estranged from his uh, son and uh, divorced, I guess, from his mother. And spent the year, end up coaching his son's youth football team as uh, an offensive coordinator. And it brought them back together. They bonded and kind of renewed their relationship. And that was basically the premise of the movie in a comedy starring Kevin James and was put out there by Adam Sandler's company. So there's, uh, you know, some humor in it. Some things are what they call that uh, creative licensing to make it so that it's an entertaining movie. But, uh, but the whole point was, you know, talking about fathers and that relationship and how the son had a hard time reconnecting with his father because he had all kinds of emotions against him like he was bitter that he wasn't there for him and and had some resentment that his father had left and so you know that's what we're going to talk about you know what it's like in society today when there's a father involved in the relationship for both sons and daughters and what it's like when a father is absent now in an earlier podcast we were paying tribute to Bob Saget and I guess Bob Saget outside of being a comedian one of his bigger roles was that of the father on the TV show Full House. And there was an episode that I used a clip of to kind of pay tribute to Bob Saget in that episode a couple episodes back. And it was a problem that his daughter was having about her looks and talking about her looks. And so I want to play that clip too because, again, the jumping off point from that episode leading to the conversation of fathers, because I mentioned I wanted to talk about fathers during that episode. It was at a time when a lot of people, a lot of kids would look to TV, and it was at a time when TV was portraying fathers in a positive way, you know, positive influence, uh, teaching them during those learning moments of life, you know, being there for their kids, you know, and then eventually we moved into the uh, Al Bundys and the Homer Simpsons and the the fathers that are a little bit more wacky nutty. But this was a clip that I thought was a, a moment that really kind of defined what a father would be like, but it was portrayed 
in a TV show. And again, this is from the uh, show Full House and Bob Saget's the father talking to his daughter in the show talking about problems regarding her looks. DJ, we have to talk. You don't understand. I don't like the way I look. I want to look like these models. Why? Because they're beautiful. Well, so are you. Oh, yeah? Well, show me one girl in here with this round face and these Charlie Brown cheeks. Honey, people come in all different shapes and sizes. Everybody wishes they could change something about themselves. Heck, when I was a kid, I wished I could have been more like that guy on The Incredible Hulk. You want to be a big green monster with muscles? No, not him, the other guy, the guy that turned into the Hulk. <sighs> he was just nice and average. He wasn't too tall, wasn't too skinny. He didn't stick out like I thought I did. Then I realized he didn't have it so easy either. Every time he lost his temper, he had to buy a new shirt. Made me smile, but there's still no way I'm wearing a bathing suit in front of my friends. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Why do you like your friends? Because they're nice and we have fun together and we do stuff for each other. Not because they all look like models. No. Maybe that's because deep down inside, you know that how a person looks on the outside isn't nearly as important as who they are on the inside. Right? Right. So there's some sound advice from a father to a daughter about the way she looks. Now, what if that daughter did not have a father to talk to? to impart that wisdom upon her. What would that be like? Sure, there might be a mother involved, but the significance of it coming from the father tends to mean a little bit more because it's those moments with the father and the daughter that build up the esteem in that little girl. And so that's kind of the premise for the show is watching home team and watching that relationship between Sean Payton's character and his son in that show. And then alluding to that clip a couple episodes ago when we were paying tribute to Bob Saget, that fathers are really an integral part of a relationship or a part of a child's life. And so as we get started, let's throw out a couple of things to keep in mind as we go through this conversation. First off, it's without a doubt 100% documented that an absent father does hurt kids, the child. Having a stepfather isn't even the same as the real father. Now, stepfathers play an integral role, and a lot of stepfathers have stepped in and filled that role, and a lot of kids have been well-adjusted and gone through life because of that stepfather playing that role. So I'm not dis- dis- uh, diminishing the fact of the, the role of the stepfather, but an absent biological father really does take a toll on the kid. When the father is absent, a child will have a four times uh, more likely, four times greater chance of uh, entering into poverty. Behavior problems increase, 
So again, if we go back to that clip with Bob Saget and Full House, what would have happened if that advice was not given? What would that child do? Would they go out there and try to do some extreme makeover, plastic surgery, change the hair? I mean, what would they do to try to get people to accept them for their looks and their appearance? Teen teen pregnancy is up seven times. The child is seven times more likely to become pregnant or be involved in a teen pregnancy without a father. They turn to uh, drugs and alcohol more often than a child with a parent, a father. They are two times more likely to drop out of high school. They're more likely to commit crimes and end up in prison. And so basically the behavior issues of a child will go up and increase. The negative, the bad behavior issues will increase and go up. And then ultimately, suicide can be a big part of a a child where they end in suicide because of an absent father. Now, as we go through those things, and as we go through the show, that kind of theme of that bad behavior is going to keep reoccurring. And I don't want to focus on that aspect of it, but it's just a fact. As I was doing research for the show, that's the thing that kept coming up over and over and over again. Crime, going to prison, drug abuse, sexual promiscuity, all these type of things, dropping out of high school, it kept recurring over and over. Now, of course, there's kids in well-adjusted families that have two parents and everything, and almost like Beaver Cleaver, if you know what I'm talking about, but yet they still have problems. So just because you have a father and a mother doesn't mean you're going to be excluded from having problems. But we're just talking about fathers right now. Okay, we want to talk about fathers and the importance of fathers because the whole point of this is to get parents to realize, and what I mean parents, a father and a mother, to realize the important significance of the father. It could be, again, a married couple, but the father's working a lot, trying to provide for his family. Great intentions, right? But he's not there. He's at the office late. Maybe he misses a game here or misses a performance there. It matters. Maybe it's a separation or divorce where the parents don't get along. Or maybe they do get along, but you have to work on those custody issues and that visitation and all that goes with it. And so it's something to uh, keep in mind as we go through the show, the impact that fathers have on kids and when the kids aren't there or when the fathers aren't there for the kids, what happens to the, the kids, both the sons and the daughters. So why are dads so important? Okay, there's two aspects to this. There's a relationship between a father and a son, and then there's the relationship between a father and a daughter. Okay, now there are two different relationships, obviously, but they're just as equally important, but they do have different roles. Now, what do I mean by that? So here's why fathers are important in their son's life. Both boys and girls need fathers. We'll begin with boys. A boy has no built-in understanding about how to be a man, meaning a good and responsible man. Male nature is wild, most obviously regarding sex and violence. If a boy does not have a father who models how a man controls himself, he will most likely not know how to control himself, let alone want to. That's why most males in prison for violent crimes grew up without a father. After days of riots in the UK in 2011, 
quite like the 2020 riots in America, Christina Adone wrote a column for the London Telegraph, whose title says it all. London riots, absent fathers have a lot to answer for. In the column, she wrote, The majority of rioters are gang members. Like the overwhelming majority of youth offenders behind bars, these gang members have one thing in common, no father at home. There's no question that many mothers have done an excellent job raising a boy without their son's father, but common sense alone suggests that a mother simply cannot model what a boy should be any more than a man can model to a girl what a woman should be. And then there is the issue of controlling boys and their wild natures. Again, there are mothers who are able to do this. But if a boy is at all difficult, as so many are, as he gets older, most mothers will find it more and more difficult to control their son. Because unruly boys listen to their fathers much more than they listen to their mothers. Which is precisely why most violent criminals grew up in fatherless homes. Dennis Prager there talking, and one of the things that they talk about is modeling proper behavior. Men, obviously we were boys at one point, and so we know what it's like to be a boy, to grow up, have those boyish tendencies of wanting to play, rough house, be outside, interact with other boys. So fathers are there to model proper behavior. You know, fathers are there. They know how boys act. They know how boys are. And sometimes a mother might think that the behavior of a son is inappropriate, but it's just that natural male instinct that's in a boy. To roughhouse, for example. Johnny, stop roughhousing. You're going to break something or you're going to get hurt. And fathers are like, just go to social media. How many times do you see on social media these videos that contrast when mom is watching the baby or the toddler or the child versus the father. The mother usually has them well-dressed. Maybe they're reading a book. Maybe they're doing something safe. Well, the father's out there three-wheeling it, four-wheeling it, doing whatever thing that's on the wild side. And you see those contrasts in those social media videos. So you know it's real. Obviously, controlling boys can be a difficult thing for any parent, actually. But again, there's that connection between a father and a son that the father knows by nature how a son is going to react. And usually a son that's a little bit more out of control will have a tendency to listen to the father. Now, one of the things that I find interesting that was that came up, I guess, when I was preparing for this is that I currently teach, and what I do is I... Uh, I'm involved with a lot of uh, young students one-on-one pretty much, or maybe one-on-two, helping them through school. And one of the things, as I've been in the different schools that I've been uh, working at and working with these students, is that, first of all, schools are pre- predominantly uh, you know, female, right? Female teachers. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's dominantly female teachers. And some of the kids that I work with are male, young boys, that can tend to be a little bit rambunctious, okay? And as I work with them, a lot of times some feedback that I get just with the little bit of interaction that I do with some of these boys is that the teachers have told me that the boys relate better to me than they do to them. Now, that's always the case, but 
when I'm working with them, they can relate because I know how boys are, how they think. I know what kind of things I can use to try to get them interested in the subject. So, for example, if it's a math, a math, uh, like maybe a word problem, instead of using cookies and dogs and, you know, puppies and how many puppies versus how many cats, I can replace that with maybe whatever it is that I see that's interested the, the boy is in, whether it be sports, whether it be military, whether it be something else, you know, Minecraft or whatever video game they play. You know, I can kind of relate a little better because I've kind of been in that environment, right? And so they can relate. And it's not that it's anything better. It's just boys relate to men a lot better, especially when it's proper behavior being involved and proper instruction. You know, I can understand boys' behaviors better, and I know it's normal. I know it's not normal. I know it needs to be corrected. Like, hey, correct your behavior. That's not how it goes. I know how to relate subject content to them a lot better. Sometimes, not always. I'm not. I'm not saying that the teacher is doing anything wrong. It's just like sometimes I can relate better to these uh, young male students because of who I am. And so that's why you start to kind of see mentors. You see the the big brother. You see even stepfathers. You see coaches, even male teachers, uh, maybe youth pastors, youth leaders in the community. A lot of times, gangs. I talked with a. A coworker one time many years ago got to befriend him, and we were talking. He grew up in the inner city. He's a, a black, he was black, and I was white, so we were sharing stories. and And he was telling me that he had two choices growing up in the inner city because his father wasn't around. Choice one is to join the gangs. Choice two was to join the church. And they had both. They had the the youth minister talking to him and trying to persuade him to come to church, male influence. And you had the gang, you know, male influence, family, right? The gangs provide family provide something that is missing usually when the father is not there, that father figure. And so we see that then if they go to the gangs, you can see where they end up in prison and crime. Uh, Fortunately for this coworker, this friend of mine, he ended up going the church route, and he said that decision basically saved his life. He probably would be be in prison right now. So it's important to have that fatherly figure especially the biological father, in a child's life, especially the son's life, because they can model proper behavior. They understand the nature of the child, the son. They understand kind of what they're going through, the biology of it all. And again, we want to deal with good fathers and proper fathering is what we're dealing with. Obviously, there's a lot of fathers out there that are in a child's life, a son's life, and they're a bad influence. So we're talking about good fathers, proper behavior, and influencing the son, in a proper way. Now, why is it important for daughters and to have that relationship with fathers? Because we know what the son is like, but how can that relationship, because the other key thing was, like Dennis said, mothers can't really model male behavior because they're female. Just like fathers can't really model female behavior because we're male. And I know this world doesn't like to deal with biology, but we're going to deal with it because there's fact in that. The stats. I mean, we also heard we talked about in the beginning, you know, that crime, fatherless sons or fatherless children end up in prison. Crime goes up. Dennis Prager talked about it. He said that oftentimes it could lead to prison having a fatherless child. We talked in the beginning that stats indicate that, you know, Teen pregnancy is up seven times, and there's more sexual promiscuity without a father involved. So why is it important? Why do daughters 
need their fathers. As regards daughters, the father is the man girls learn to relate to. Without a father to relate to and bond with, there are at least two destructive consequences. First, she will not know how to choose a man wisely. She will not know how a man should treat her, and she may well end up with a man who mistreats her. Second, to fulfill her desire to bond with a man, as primarily yearning in most women as bonding with a woman is in most men, she will go from man to man. Girls without fathers in their lives are far more likely to be sexually promiscuous and to begin sexual activity at an earlier age, which in turn are reasons many young women are depressed. Few women find sleeping with man after man fulfilling. Most find it ultimately depressing. So a father is the man that a woman relates to. So we want to teach our daughters how men should treat them. Respect. Opening the door for them. Showing the daughter how a man should treat them is one of the most important things that a father can do. And again, being there for them, spending time with them, letting them know proper behavior, how to act in society when you're with a a boy, maybe dating, share with them that aspect of life. There's a lot of conversation that we don't have as fathers with our kids, and a lot of time we leave it up to the mothers. Now, again, mothers do a great job fulfilling their role, but oftentimes they're left fulfilling the role of the father. So it's time for fathers now to step up. You know, we talked, I think it was last week or last episode, about the issue of abortion. And there are two studies done, one by men, whose partner went through a, an abortion. And then there was another one with women, they were surveyed, who actually had an abortion. And both entities, both surveys showed that the father in that relationship, the man in that relationship, had the most influence on the decision to abort the child. So, men, we have a huge influence when it comes to things of this world as far as our children, as far as our relationships, with the children's mother. And sure, it might not always be perfect. It's hard to have relationships in this day and age. Divorce is up over 50%. Uh, We learn uh, to date online. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people I know have successful relationships online. But you're starting to build these relationships based off of the looks of the picture and maybe a profile. And then oftentimes we jump into a relationship and into marriage before we fully know what the person is all about. And then eventually we realize that when life's troubles come, the foundation isn't there and the relationship falls apart, but the kids are still there. The kids are still involved. And so that is why fathers and mothers need to come together and work together to build that relationship so that fathers can be in the lives of their kids. And again, That has to do with different things. Again, if it's a a divorce issue, separation, mothers, let the fathers be a part of it. Don't hold the kid ransom because you hate the guy. Don't use the kid as a pawn. Fathers, you should be there. If you're in a relationship and it's a perfectly healthy marriage, maybe mothers, you need to remind the father, hey, 
you know, we don't need that expensive vacation to wherever we're going to go, that popular destination. Why don't you come home, not work the weekend, and we'll spend time playing games, reading books, just have family time together, eating dinner together. It makes a big difference. It makes a big difference, dads, when you are there tucking your child in at night, reading them that book for the 18th time, Good Night Moon, or Clifford the Red Dog, or whatever it is. It matters. It matters to the kids. It matters to the kids when the father is there. The other thing that, you know, women go through, girls, is the sexual gratification. They start looking for the absent father through other men, sleeping around. You know, one of the things that um, if you do, again, research, and I did research, read the autobiographies of some people, uh, read the autobiographies of some people that were involved in the adult film business, and you find that one of the overwhelming things is that the male figure in their life abused them, mistreated them, didn't respect them. And it's right there. You can go look it all up for yourself. It's all there. There's stereotypes for a reason. And the stereotypical, oh, she's a stripper. She's an adult performer. She is this because of an abusive relationship, because the father wasn't there, whatever. It's true. Now, again, that's not always the case. Remember, not one size fits all in solutions and problems, but there's an overwhelming majority of, of statistical data that demonstrates that this is true. If you are a fatherless child, especially a son, there's a good chance you're going to end up in jail. Not always, but there's a greater chance. And that's what we're trying to deal with. We're trying to deal with getting away from lowering, lowering those chances of bad things happening to kids. You know, when the father is involved, life tends to be a little bit better because there's security there. So the absence of a father takes a real toll on the the child, right? And so um we need to be there, but it's not just when they're young. Oftentimes we think, you know, it's the it's the young child. It's maybe the toddler or the elementary school days or the grammar school days, whatever it's called now. But it's oftentimes over a lifetime. Over a lifetime, the child can be affected, the son, the daughter. You have all kinds of things that, that go on. You talk about abandonment issues. We hear about that all the time. Daddy issues. You know, daddy issues can result from a father that's in the life of a child and a bad influence, a poor example of what it's like to be a man. Sure, those are out there. We're not talking just about absent fathers, although that's the the main crux of this, but there's fathers in their kids' lives that probably shouldn't be there. I remember one time I was coach, uh, was uh, my first year in baseball, in fact. Um, as I look back, it was kind of humorous because it can be humorous for me in a way because my father was there. What do I mean by that? So I played t-ball and had a good experience. So my first year in kind of like real baseball, pitch baseball, uh, my coach was an alcoholic. He was a drunk. And his son was on the team. And oftentimes his father would show up to the game drunk. And oftentimes you'd get kicked out of the game for being drunk. And I could tell even back then, even though I didn't really know a whole lot about this, that his son was a little bit problematic because of it. He was kind of like the cut up on the team, the guy that would always get in trouble. He would be the one fooling around throwing baseballs at other kids or tapping kids. Uh, who are wearing the batting helmets with the bat and stuff like that, you know, just kind of being mischievous. And you know it had to do with a direct result of this 
father, this coach being drunk. And, and as I look back on it, I can say it was kind of humorous from the standpoint of some of the things that he did just didn't make sense. You know, he thought that this would make sense, you know, steal a base or hit and run or whatever. And it was like, what are you talking about? He was just in an alternate reality. And so it became a sad situation really toward the end. Um, and so then the next year he was gone and the assistant coach took over as head coach. And then my father stepped in and became the assistant coach. And he was there for uh, much of my career in baseball coaching and being in the stands. And so when I look back at the highlights of my life, okay, when I look back at some of the things that were important to me growing up, he was there whether it be graduations, whether it be, uh, you know, milestone achievements like uh, sports, moving on to high school sports and making the team, uh, whether it be uh, accomplishing like driver's license, you know, when I got my driver's license, he was there. Just the little things. So I look back at the highlights of my life, whatever they are, however insignificant they might be to the grand scheme of things, the highlights of my life, he was there. And we didn't really have extravagant vacations. We didn't really have extravagant things. But time was more important than possessions. You know, you hear a lot of people, I work hard. I work long hours because I want to give you everything. And a lot of times it's, I want to give you everything I didn't have. That works in relationships uh, between, you know, lovers or couples. You know, how many times do you hear the wife? How come you're never home? Because I want to give you the house you never had or the house you always dreamed of. People want your time, not your possessions. Your legacy when you die isn't about how much stuff they gave you or how much stuff you gave them. It's how much time you spent with them. It's how much you invested in them as a person. The single most important thing you can do is invest time in something. Sure, we can write a check and give them money. Bill Gates and me. Bill Gates can give a lot more money, so sure, He's got more financial value that he can give to a charity. Habitat for Humanity. He picks up a hammer for an hour. I pick up a hammer for an hour. It's now equal. Equal investment in time. And so that's what we need to do. We need to make sure that we are investing our time in our children, in our sons, in our daughters, teaching them. Because, again, it is a lifetime. It's a lifetime that a child will experience in different things that can be summed up in this poem right here when an absent father is gone. When's the last time you heard a poem about an absent father? And if you can recall the answer to that question easily, well, that's the problem. That's why many of us ran into the warm arms of poetry. Why many of us found life within the boundaries of a page, of a space, of a blank array to create the man we wanted to know. Our storytelling started while we were old, but young in flesh. Young at heart, curious about why we were left. They could have been supermans or presidents, artists or veterans, anything to distract us from what the ugly truth could be that maybe he just didn't want me. So we wrote, and we wrote, until lies became truths and planks of wood became boats, became the tool that kept us afloat to survive within this beautiful lie, to protect us from the storms that our mothers hated to hide, pulling back the wool over our eyes.
lies trying to show us that this is simply life. And this is not how you are defined. Instead, we took that advice and created something from nothing. Because a child with no father is nothing but a refugee searching for a place to call home. And the moment that your father is absent is the moment that you have no place to belong. We have no place to belong. We are walking halves with missing cultures. We are thirsty vultures trying to finish the other side without peeking before it's finished, though. And by the time we have grown into adults, we look like Picassos. Two faces with different perspectives. The face-forward, confident detective of identity. The other looking to the side, trying to figure out why me? The color choice especially. Because we have been made up of colored oil that hasn't reached its full term. Term oil that churns and churns until gray is a palette that breathes. Because although we are full with so much vibrancy, it's really the gray that matters underneath. Because that gray resembles uncertainty and that goes back to he, to him, to the man we call father to the one responsible for bringing us into this place. And his responsibility is something that he chose to erase, which is why we erase lines and rhymes that don't fit. We are our fathers. We are using their gift to create something beautiful, share it with the world, and then exit. Now, fortunately for the poem and the poet she found poetry but again life could easily have gone the way of crime sex drugs alcohol the biggest thing that i took from that poem was why didn't he want me that's what it is it's the abandonment why the question why why didn't he want me so a lot of times people Kids, children will go out and look for their biological parents and because they want the answer to why. There's often times they find their biological parent and they try to get that question answered. Why didn't you want me? And then once they get the answer, whether they like it or not, they don't want anything to do with that parent because their step-parent or their adoptive parent is their real parent. But they want that answer. Why? Why didn't he want me? Why did you abandon me? She often, uh, or she used the term refugees, no belonging, looking for home, uncertainty. Why me? That's the question, why? The abandonment issues, why? So good fathers, you provide stability, security, belonging. You provide what it is, the necessity of that security that you belong. There is no, why didn't he want me? I think that's the biggest thing, rejection. Why don't you go ask that person out on a date? No, why? Might get rejected. Why don't you try to get that job? No, why? Might get rejected. Why don't you do something? No, why? Rejection. And that's the biggest thing is the rejection. And that's what kids feel when fathers are gone. Whether it's a working father who's in a healthy relationship with the mother, they're married, three kids, picket fence, the dog, the whole thing, or whether it's the absent father that took off, wasn't there for whatever reason. It's why didn't he want me? Why didn't he spend time with me? Why wasn't he there for me? Why, why, why? That's the question. And no matter how much 
you try to tell them it wasn't about you. It was these other reasons. It doesn't matter. But if you're the divorced father or if you're the father that works a lot, but if you're there, you're physically there, all that other stuff doesn't matter. The reason, yeah, sure, their kid might want to know why you got divorced, but you've been there in their lives, and they felt it. That's why it's somewhat encouraging to see sometimes these videos on social media about co-parenting and how the biological mother and now the stepmother are like good friends, and the father and the stepfather, good friends, those relationships. You know, it's refreshing to see that. Because that's what it's about. It's When you put the kid first, it changes the dynamic of the relationship. But oftentimes, mothers, you play the role, right? You have to fill the role of father because the dad just disappears. So what's that like? Last night, I had the most interesting dream. In it, I was six years old in a national spelling bee. Genius. Complex words like serendipity, Duodenum, phloxanoxin, the hilipilification, all spelled correctly, up until the final round. One word between me and victory. The spellmaster clears his throat. Young man, your word is father. The crowd began to chatter amongst themselves, seemingly displeased at the simplicity of this final word. So I searched the audience for those eyes, those eyes that say everything's going to be okay. Just do it. I realized I dazed off. Young man, your word is father. So I stood up straight, licked my lips, and began. Father. M-O-T-H-E-R. Father. The spellmaster looks at me. He looks back at his flashcard. Then back at me and says, I'm sorry, but you're incorrect. I don't think he understands. You see, my father is sitting right in the audience. Excuse me. I'm sorry, son, but you are incorrect. Well, then you, sir, can save your sorry apologies because you must mean incorrect as within the box of being right. Let me explain something to you because obviously you ain't grow up where papas are rolling stones down the hills of women's backsides and when he is gone, all he's left us is alone where menstrual men stroll around on bikes and fathers balance their menstrual, two jobs, two kids and a life on a unicycle and it looks something like this, breastfeeding with one arm, phone on the shoulder, cooking with one arm, cleaning with one leg, Tying sneakers with their teeth Young fathers who make mistakes Because we are not all perfect But the one mistake they never make Is abandoning their seeds You see fathers are master gardeners They tend to every leaf Removing the weeds Placing us in the windows of opportunity So that we can lean towards the sun And never forget that the sky is the limit Planting kisses on our cheeks Hugs on our backs Growing their love on us the best way they know how Like my father My father Walked a daily nightmare so that I can live my dreams. My father watered me with blood, sweat, and tears in hopes that I'd be ripe for the harvest. And I hope that one day I'll be as great of a father as she was for me. You did not ask me to spell deadbeat, sir. But if you'd like deadbeat, here it is. F-A-T-H-E-R-D-A-D-D-A-D-D-Y-P-O-P-P-O-P-S if you like the slang. You asked me to spell father. 
and where I am from in my life. Father is, always has been, and always will be spelled M-O-T-H-E-R. So open your encyclopedias. Show me your flashcards. Open your dictionaries. Because what Webster says means nothing around here, around here. My father's sitting right there. And I love her. How powerful is that? Father spelled M-O-T-H-E-R. It's time to remove that. Time for fathers. Get to the point where father is spelled F-A-T-H-E-R. And you're not a deadbeat. He mentions a a gardener meticulously taking care of the garden, the yard. What about a mechanic? Fathers, are you involved in your car? Taking care of it, making sure that it's pristine, washed, cleaned, runs perfectly, purrs like a kitten, oil change, cleaning the engine, tune-ups, oil changes, all that stuff. Why don't you be the mechanic or the gardener in your kid's life, making sure that their life is pristine, making sure their life is running at optimum capacity, that there's no misfires going on in their life, that there's no weeds growing in their life, that they've got whatever it is that they need to have the best possible life. Take those things that you invest your time in, your car, the lawn, your job, and invest that time into your kid's life or put as much time into your kid's life, balance as you do those other things and imagine how well your child could turn out. See, it's all about giving them the opportunities, giving them the tools to equip themselves so that they can then grow up and be ready for when they have children. Raising the standard, bringing out their inner greatness of parenting so that they have an example of what they need to be like when they are parents so that then they can replicate the process. And now they're raising up your grandkids in the fashion and in the manner in which you raised your kids. Something to think about. So fathers, you need to step up. Step up in a big way. Take back that role that we were created to have. Help men and women grow up to be the men and women that they should be. Take on the responsibility of fatherhood. We owe it to our children. Our children would be better off. Don't abandon your kids. So what can we do? What can we do to be better parents? Well, first off, spend time with your children. You know, my father was there for me. I talked about it a little bit with the baseball. All the highlights of my youth, my father was there. Sports, graduation, you know, driver's license, like I mentioned. Your life goes by really fast. In the blink of an eye, all of a sudden you're like grown up, right? You don't want to waste that time. You don't want to waste that opportunity to be a father, to be daddy. You know, I think of um, the song uh, Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. I've got the lyrics here. That's what I'm looking at. And the song talks about the child arriving And then he goes through the whole thing, the child learning to walk while the father was away. And at the end of every verse, it talks about the the son 
wanting to grow up to be like his dad. And then he talks about when the son's a little bit older, dad, when are you coming home? The father says, I don't know, but we'll get together then. We'll have a good time then. And then he turns 10, the son does. Dad gives him a ball. He says, dad, come on, let's play. And the father's like, I can't, I got a lot to do. And so the son says, okay, he walks away. He smiles. Someday I'm going to be like him. He got me a baseball. Dad, when are you going to be home? Because the dad's off at work. I don't know, son, but we'll get together then when I come home. So he comes home. Now the kid is off to college. Son, I'm proud of you. You're home from college. Can we sit for a while? The son's like, no, I can't. Can I borrow the car, dad? I want to take off. I'll see you later. And then it goes through this whole thing. Now the father's retired. The son's moved away. So the dad calls up. Son, let's get together. Let's talk. The son's, my new job's a hassle. The kids are sick. Hey, dad, it was nice talking to you. And sure enough, the boy grew up just to be like his father. His father had good intentions, but his father was never there. And as the son was growing up, he idolized his father. He wanted to be like his father. And you know what? He turned out to be exactly like his father. No time was available to spend with his father when his father was retired because he had learned from his father all these other things are more important. So spend time with your kid. Be the role model, the teacher. You know, there's all these things going on in the world right now about these school districts and schools teaching kids and who has the authority to teach the kid and who has the important role of deciding what kids learn and all this stuff. You do. Be the parent. Be the father. Teach your kid. Be the role model. Teach them about life. Teach them about respect, responsibility, humility. Teach them by leading them. Lead by example. Because if we do this, then our kids are going to be better off. Listen to your children. Listen to their crazy ideas, their crazy fantasy stories. Listen to whatever it is, no matter what. Listen and then speak. Maybe you have to do some correction because maybe they're sharing their day at school. And so you listen, then you realize, okay, maybe we could do this a little better. Maybe they came home and said they got an A on a test that they studied real hard for. Yay, congratulate them. Maybe they tell you some fantasy story that they made up while they were playing in the backyard. Listen. Listen first and then speak. We don't always have to, as parents, they think that they always have to correct their kids. Sometimes it's okay to let the kid be a kid. As long as they're doing nothing wrong, let the kid be a kid. Fantasy stories. Play outside after dark. Maybe eat dessert first. I mean, does it really matter? I can never figure that out. Don't eat dessert first. You'll spoil your dinner. Really? Kid's not going to eat dinner anyways. But let them be a kid. Fathers, respect their mother. Regardless of your relationship, whether it's a good relationship, obviously you will be respecting them then. But if it's a bad relationship, always respect their mother because that is how, first of all, the son is going to learn how to treat other women. And that is how the daughter is going to learn how men should treat them. So if you don't want your daughter being one of those promiscuous people, ending up doing something that you're not proud of, then be the example and treat their mother the way you want them to be treated as daughters or the way you want your son to treat women. And we could start the cycle of increasing how we treat the opposite sex as adults. So respect the mother. 
then spend time as a family. Spend time as a family together. Because as you spend time together, you're, of course, going to spend time with the, the child individually. But as you spend time together with the family, you create that family unit. You realize family is important. And then hopefully that gets instilled in their kids. So then that way, now your grandkids are growing up with the same values that you taught your kids. Because it becomes generational after that. You know, I think back to my grandparents and the things that they taught my parents, and then they taught me. And it goes on from there. So what can we do? What can we do to build a better fatherhood, maybe? So what can you do? We are the change makers, all of us. If you're a father, make the effort. Do everything you can to be in your children's daily lives. If you're a mother, encourage and facilitate the relationship between your children and their father instead of trying to interfere or control it. If you're a child, spend time with your dad. Ask him to do something. Seek his advice and guidance. If you're an employer, grant the fathers you employ the ability to be at their children's events, to help in their schools, to take sick days to care for their kids. If you work in the legal field, help us continue to progress, change the laws, and ensure that they're enforced to protect fathers and their children. The importance of this pursuit cannot be overstated. The fate of nearly half of America's children depends on it. I'd like to close by asking all of you to do one final thing. Please stand if you are able or raise your hand. I'm serious, please. If you grew up without a father, if you raised or raising a child without a father, or if you were a father who's been separated from your child. Now, look around. The people really affected by fatherlessness. Really, look. Those of you standing and raising your hands aren't numbers. You're real, living, and feeling humans. You're the children scarred by fatherlessness. Now let me tell you who can't stand. The 1,000 fatherless children who were murdered last year. The 3,000 fatherless children who died from drugs. The 3,200 fatherless children who committed suicide last year. And the 14,000 fatherless children who were incarcerated. Everyone, please, Stand for them. See, it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning of the show. She mentions the crime stats. 1,000 fatherless kids murdered. 3,000 fatherless kids dying from drugs. This is the big one. 3,200 kids, fatherless kids, suicide. 14,000 fatherless kids in prison. The stats in the beginning of the show. The clips from Dennis Prager and now here all pretty much run in the same gamut of what happens when there's a fatherless child in this world trying to figure it out. We need to make the effort. We need to facilitate those relationships, mom, grandma, whoever else is involved. Spend time with our kids, employers. Set up a situation where the employee, I know they had the, you know, take your daughter to work day, but 
you know, and you're starting to get more and more of that. You're starting to see like, you know, when, when mothers get time off after birth, you're starting to see fathers being able to take time off and, you know, paternity leave and maternity leave starting to equal out there. So laws continue need to, uh, need to change in that area to make it, uh, that way, you know, when it comes to divorce and custody, maybe we need to look at those laws as well to allow the father to still be involved. But when it comes down to it, you know, father's rights, basically, right? But when it comes down to it, you just need to be there. Invest in the lives of your kid, whether it's your son or your daughter. Spend time with them. The amount of time you spend with them is going to make all the difference in the world. It comes down to that. One more song lyric I'd like to just kind of throw out there real quick. It's uh, from a band, Faster Pussycat. It's called House of Pain. And the song starts out a little past supper time. The boy's still out on the porch waiting for his father to show up. Mom says, come on in, boy, don't waste your time. And then it goes from there. As he's growing up through life, his father is gone. Then he writes in the lyric, wasn't I worth the time? A boy needs a daddy like a dance to mine. I looked up to you, pacing your room a million times. All I ever got was a big lie. I'm 18. I'm still talking to myself. Dad, you're not around. And then at the end, at the end of the song, as he's talking about this house of pain, this house without a father, I'm alone again. Well, if I learned anything from all this, it's how to live on my own. Pretty powerful, pretty impactful. Learning to live alone on your own. Don't be that father. There's still time. If you have an estranged relationship with your kids, there's still time. You might have to man up, swallow your pride, and you might have to go out and put in the effort. In fact, you should. You shouldn't let your kid come to you and try to reconcile. You should take the steps to go reconcile. There's still time. Don't let another day go by without making an effort. And it might make or it might take some time. It might be a difficult process to reconcile and reconnect with your kids. Just like the movie at the beginning with Sean Payton reconnecting. It took a full football season of Sean Payton coaching his son's youth football to have that reconciliation. So at the end of the movie, then there's an arrangement worked out with the mom where the son can go to new Orleans and hang out with the dad on weekends and maybe go to some football games, which I don't really understand why that didn't happen in the first place, but whatever, probably more to it than the movie can get into, but there was some reconciliation. There's still time, baby steps. And then it might grow from there. Because that's all that matters is the time that you spend. Are you going to spend the time that you have here on earth if you have kids investing in their lives or are you going to abandon them, make them wonder, why didn't you want me? What's wrong with me? So they end up suicidal, depressed, drugs, alcohol, crime, prison. It could still happen if you're a good father. There's no doubt about it. But again, we're talking about the likelihood of these things happening increase and oftentimes increase 10, 20 fold. Why not just give them the opportunity to reduce those chances and be in their lives? Model good behavior. Respect their mother. Spend time with the kid. It could be the little things too. It could be just playing a game, reading a book, maybe watching a, an, a sporting event on TV or maybe watching a movie that they like, going out in the backyard, taking a walk. It doesn't have to be anything extravagant. It's just spending that time 
Make sure that you are there for the highlights of your children's youth, young adults and adults, because life goes by so fast. You don't want to be the one responsible for all the bad things that happen. You want to be there for them so that they know that they have belonging. They know that they have security. They know that they have a sense of purpose. And the biggest thing is they know they were wanted. Life's difficult as it is. It's hard to maneuver life, especially in this day and age with everything that's going on with all the influences from social media and the news and schools and friends and all this other stuff. There's a lot of people influencing your children. You're the one that should be the main influence. And as fathers, you definitely should be one of the top influences in your child's life. Show your son how to be a man, how to respect women, how to be responsible, honest, trustworthy. Show your daughter what type of man they should be interested in. Show them how a man should treat them so that they know when they're being mistreated, they can call that guy out, kick him to the curb. Make them know, both kids, that they're loved and wanted. It only takes a little bit of effort to go a long way. Sometimes you might have to read that book two, three, four times at night because they're little toddlers in bed at story time. But those moments are so precious and they go by so quick. And then you might have to maybe duck out of work early, go to a ball game, or maybe forego a business trip on the weekend so that you can be home with them. It's up to you to decide how it fits your lifestyle. But if you're there for them, if you're making time for them, because then ultimately what comes around, like the cats in the cradle. Now, the father has time because he's retired, but the son doesn't because he's living his life. Well, you know, if the father had invested time in the son, the son would now invest time in his father in the retirement age. And then most importantly, the next generation, your grandkids, and so on and so on. And again, we raise the standard. We bring out the inner greatness, and hopefully we have an improvement in the world around us. We're that influence, that positive influence, that role model. This is Two Steps Ed Podcast, encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom. You can find us on, uh, well, the website's the best place to go, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. You can watch the shows there. You can listen to the shows there as well if you want to download them and take them with you on the go. You can also find us on Instagram. The show page is T-W-O, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. My personal page is Edom Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S. There's a uh, link tree link in the bio. If you click on it on our Instagram pages, it'll take you to uh, a bunch of different choices. It can take you to RadioWarp.com, our YouTube page, our SoundCloud page, I think maybe Spotify. Um, yes, we haven't been banned from Spotify. And then also a swag shop. If you want some cool uh, Two Steps Ahead podcast merchandise, you can get some there. And then... Um, if you want to uh, listen on your favorite podcast platform, we are there as well. But uh, RadioWarp.com, Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com is the best place to go to find all things Two Steps Head Podcast. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Go out there and be the best father you can, be the best mother you can, be the best person you can. We truly appreciate it. Inspire and motivate others to bring out their inner greatness. Take your passion, make it happen. Let yourself be great. Thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. And until next time, God bless.